Bulls fans, welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What's up, Luke? Not much, Nick. Just uh, glad to say I can finally devote 100% of my attention back to basketball. You know, had the beginning of the season and then kind of had to go to another sport for the last week and a half, but uh Mm-hmm. Turned out well, and uh, glad to say that I'm back to 100% basketball. Nice. Well, congratulations. Uh, I, myself, uh, am still very heavily involved in Georgia football. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm not sure anybody's going to beat Alabama this year. So, um, But for the meantime, uh Basketball is back. It's it's in full swing again. It's been awesome. Um, so this is actually <clears throat> very uh, kind of fortuitously uh, our 86th episode. And uh, Ty Lue got 86 uh, by the Cleveland Cavaliers. After an 0-6 start, uh, they had to fire him. Or they chose to fire him, I should say. Uh, and to make matters worse, Kevin Love is out with a foot injury and could miss extended time. Um, first things first, let's let's just talk about you know the Cavs where they're at. And um, do you think the firing of Ty Lue was warranted? Uh, yes and no. I mean, you know my opinion on Tyron Lue. I mean, there's only two people that I say are really bad at coaching in this league, and he's one of them. So, not saying. <laughs> It's 100% on him. Maybe not the timing right. You know, he did lose. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he did lose the best player in the world. But that's still, like, it doesn't make you a terrible team. I mean, I was talking with one of my buddies, and there's, I mean, the team's not that bad. I mean, you're in the East where it's not, I mean, it's not as competitive as the West just yet. So you have that advantage to you. And it's not like these are some, like, veterans and, like, young guys that kind of not been there. I mean, they've played there before, so I kind of do put on Tyron Lue just because, I mean, I've always thought he doesn't know how to, like, make adjustments. I don't think he really ever had an offensive scheme. I felt like he just let LeBron do whatever he wanted, and it kind of hurt him. But then again, I mean, timing's everything. You could have gave him a little bit more time because, like you said, I mean, Kevin Love going down, that could do with some, you know, too. I mean, he went down after – they went 0-6, but still, I mean, he's, you know, a little bit injury-prone and all that. And it's still a young team and all that. He's trying to get used to things. But I think, you know, if you want to make the move, make the move now and get a coach that can develop these young guys and figure out what you're exactly doing. Are you competing? Are you trying to be, a, like, a low-end tier team? Or do you want to start the rebuild process? I mean, you don't have that bad of, like, young pieces with Sexton, Teddy Osman, um, and then, you know, Larry Nance Jr., they just signed for a little one. So there's three young kid guys mm-hmm. that, you know, they're starting the building blocks, and then you can do whatever you want with Hood. It's still pretty young and all that. So they have a somewhat of young guys, but, you know, they have to figure it out. And I think I, I, I think it was time to get rid of Tyron Lue. I mean, you, you know everything I've always said about him. <laughs> I just don't think he's a good coach. I mean, I, I liked him when he was for the Celtics. I think he's a good second man. I don't think – I don't know. Because I remember him always calling, like, a lot of, like, out-of-bounds plays, like talking to the players and all that when he was, you know, assistant coach on the Celtics. But I just don't think he was really that good of a head coach. He just kind of 
LeBron kind of really liked him because LeBron could do what LeBron wanted to do. Yeah, he was never a good coach. He was just the right coach for that team um, because, you know, LeBron, you know, didn't – would prefer not to be coached. So it's like you have one of two kinds of coaches that work for LeBron. You have a coach that's going to let him do what he wants to do, um, or you have a guy like Eric Spolstra um, who, you know, the ownership has a lot of faith in. Um, so you, ha- you ha- also have to have a good ownership group um, who's going to back their coach. And Cleveland has never been that. Um, so, they, you know, they, they couldn't opt for that kind of coach. Uh, so, therefore, they got a they got a yes man, somebody who's going to say yes to LeBron, which isn't, you know, it sounds worse than it is because, I mean, LeBron has a great mind for the game. So it's not the worst thing in the world. But you take that talent and that direction out of there, and it, it's just like, well, where do you go from there? Um, I did not have as much faith in them as you did going into this season. I thought they would be better than this, <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I, you know, ultimately didn't think they would be, uh, you know, a, a team that would make the playoffs even in the East. And uh, I, looking back on it, I'm, I'm a little surprised at myself that I didn't pick Charlotte uh, to finish ahead of them just because, you know, I mean, Charlotte's best player is better than their best player. And then if you look at the ancillary pieces around that, they're about equal. Um, so it would stand to reason that um, Charlotte would be better. Uh, but, you know, I've been burned by Charlotte a couple times now, so I'm just making them prove it. But both me and Joel are on this. You better prove it, Charlotte. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I think I think ultimately, uh, you know, I don't think it really matters. I would have kept him if for no other reason, just because I I would have been like, all right, well, we're we're gonna rebuild because <laughs> um, that's what they should be doing. Um, but I I agree with you. They need to. As weird as it sounds, they need to pick a direction, like um, because like. And I think they have. I mean, I think I think they're they're going to inevitably rebuild. I think re-signing Love points to that that they will trade him um, at some point, and you know we're hoping that by having him signed on, that'll make it um, a, a more uh, viable trade option for certain teams out there. Um, it may or may not, depending on you know whether teams want to pay Kevin Love that amount of money. But, you know, at least you know what you're going to have to pay him and, and, and how long you have him and all that jazz. I uh, I do think it's interesting, though. I do think they could make um, – I think there will be a lot of teams selling, um, you know, at some point throughout this season. Uh, I think they could make an interesting uh, acquisition um, if they're – you know, if they, re- if they really want to um, stay competitive and compete – uh, then, you know, I think they have the resources to do it. But the big question is, do you want to give up Colin Sexton to be uh, a fringe playoff team? I mean, I wouldn't. I, I mean, I know I wouldn't. Um, but, I mean, I'd rather trade Kevin Love and get whatever I could out of that. Not all teams operate that way. And I, I think Dan Gilbert would rather um, – like let, let let me throw this out there for you, Luke. Just a, it's just a feeler. Um, what would you say? That, what would you think Dan Gilbert would say 
if, uh, say, Washington loses, say, seven out of the next eight games and they're just fucking terrible. Like, really, like, just terrible. Um, and, they, you know, they got to choose between Wall and Beal. And what, like, what would, not what would you say, but what do you think Dan Gilbert would say if they called him up and said, shit, we'll give you John Wall for, you know, Sexton, and I guess we'll take back George Hill to make the money work. Um, but, you know, now you get to pair John Wall with, uh, with Kevin Love, and John, and John Wall signed for the next five years, so you don't have to worry about him walking. Um, you're going to have to pay him a shit ton of money. But uh, I don't know. I think Dan Gilbert would be like, all right, like, yeah, let's make that happen. Um, I don't think it would be the right move, but I think I could see Dan Gilbert making, uh, like, opting for, uh, you know, some type of uh, move like that. What do you think? No, first off, no, Washington will go probably uh, lose seven of the next eight just because it's Washington right now and just whatever they're in. You've got to figure it out. But, um, no, Dan, Dan Gilbert will make all the wrong moves, and that just sounds like a perfect wrong move for him. So, 100%. Yeah. Uh, for Gilbert, I mean, he'll step on uh, over their GM's feet on that one because that's just a Dan Gilbert move. I think the best thing for Cleveland, you know, they're already kind of cleaning shops in Cleveland. Might as well just, like, just fire Dan Gilbert somehow, just get him out of there. So, so you know, everything's leaving Cleveland. Why doesn't he just leave with it, you know? But, yeah, um, it'd be a dumb trade. I would trade Kevin Love personally if it was me. But right now, I mean, Love kind of hurts his trade value. I mean, you got to really look yeah. at it. I mean, yeah, you know the money he he uh, booked up for and how long. But when Love really played a season where he has been injured, like when I saw this whole, like, Love out for extended period of time, I think, what is it, like a thumb injury or something like weird like that? I'm like – yeah, Kevin Love, this is typically you, dude. Like, ever since he's left Minnesota, I mean, he's kind of been injury prone. I hate to say it like that. So, you know, other than that, so how much are you going to get out of Love and all that? And then I wouldn't trade Sexton. Um, He's definitely still young, but like you said, you got to get a coach that's going to develop him. And I don't think Tyron Lue was that kind of developmental coach. You know, I mean, maybe he could have been a good coach and all that. I just don't think to develop young players. I mean, there's plenty of coaches that don't like to just develop young players and and all that. And so he's just not one. I mean, I heard a name, you know, I don't know if he's linked to this, but I did hear a name out there that he wants to try to get an NBA job and really get with the young team and help build them. And that's Rick Pitino. And if I'm Cleveland, I got nothing to lose on that one. I mean, yeah, he went down with all that crazy – uh, Adidas, um, NCAA, young guys getting paid and all that. But really, in the end, I mean, it wasn't all on me. Yeah, I lost my job, so I think that's But I'm in the NBA now. What should you care about that, about recruiting? And NCAA is already corrupt as it is. I think plenty of NBA head people know that, like the NCAA has just got some crazy rules yeah. and all that. So I don't think they'll hold that against Rick Pitino, but I would do it. I mean, he's got he, – he can't go back to the NCAA. So it's not like, you know – how sometimes in the past where you get a college coach and he fails and he can just run right back to what he's used to and all that. I mean, you've seen it in football and basketball. I mean, it works all the way, but no, I mean, he's, he's done with it. So he's got to make it. If he wants to be a good coach, he's has to make it in the NBA. And why not let him build with these young guys? I mean, there's three people I name aren't that bad. I mean, you might lose your first round pick this year to, um, 
you guys, what is it, one through eight protected? One through ten? So uh, I could maybe, you know, I would definitely take it then and and not let it convey. So you got to commit to that. But I would consider trading Kevin Love. Now let me give you two feelers, because this is what I, I thought you were going to give me, uh, Kevin Love scenario, so I kind of want to see this. So I was thinking of two teams that could possibly, you know, that don't want to, like, get out, out of the West and, like, use them. So I was thinking either Portland or Minnesota. And, like, yes, I know Minnesota's going through all that crazy. So say Minnesota loses. Say they end up doing the crazy Jimmy Butler. They get a bunch of first-round picks. Why not go flip that and go get Kevin Love? Be like, here, here's some first-round picks and all that. And we want Love. I mean, Love would work really nice. You have to, you know, put do the fillers. Maybe do DJing, convince them to take, you know, what's his face off that, but – you know, give them some first rounder, but now you have someone to space the floor for Carl Anthony Towns, so that help them. Or Very Portland, you know, there's Portland still in that, you know, that they're kind of competing. I mean, they're doing well. They've got their two young guys, and they do have some young pieces to trade for Kevin Love. I mean, uh, what's his name? The center that they drafted last year that they traded. Um, the Collins, two things for I don't think they, yeah, I don't think they'll trade Collins. I don't think they'll trade him because I just heard. Everyone in Portland loves them, and that would just, just disappoint. Yeah. But I'm saying if you want to get him, you want to compete with this team, you might have to do it. I mean, that's the, really their only really good young guy. I mean, they don't have that good of first-round picks. So, But you could think if they wanted to compete on those two teams, I think could definitely use a love and maybe give them some nice young things to build around. And if I was Cleveland, I would definitely do them. I mean, if I'm getting an out, if I'm getting Collins, I'm definitely doing that trade. I'd rather have that than – trading my young guy Sexton for John Wall. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I I would throw out one more team. Um and you know, granted this this might have changed uh after a one and five start. But I think Phoenix would be interesting. Um basically flipping you know Ryan Anderson and the Milwaukee pick that they owned uh for Kevin Love. Um, Kevin Love's obviously better than Ryan Anderson, um, and the and the salaries aren't far that far off. I mean, uh, they might have to throw in like a, a Troy Daniels or something like that to make the uh, salary work. But uh, no, I would I would not like. I don't think I would give up TJ Warren. Like he's just playing too well. Like why would I give up? Like I'm not giving I'm not giving up anything great for Kevin Love right now. Like, like I said, I would give like Ryan Anderson to make the money work in a first round pick. Like I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not giving anything. Uh, I'm not giving like a valuable player up for Kevin Love. In my opinion, like not unless you're taking, if, if you're getting TJ Warren, um, then I got to be getting something else back in addition to Kevin Love. So maybe I get Kevin Love and Jetty Osman and, and, you know, send back TJ Warren Ryan Anderson and whatever pick to make it work, um, something something like that. I mean, I I could see some something in that ballpark working, but it's really going to depend on <clears throat> what the market is for love, um, and and what uh, Cleveland would expect in return. Because something tells me that Cleveland would expect um, a much higher return than what Kevin Love would yield. Um, and I think that would be part of the issue um, as far as, you know, an ability to get get a deal done uh, on that. I do really like the Minnesota one. The Portland one, um, I, I, I like it because of its um, 
I mean, obviously he's from that area, um, so that would be kind of cool. Um, I, I just don't, like, they already have so much money wrapped up in, like, so many different guys. I think it would be very hard for them to make uh, the money work, um, both long-term uh, and just to, like, match the salaries. Like, they're already $10 million um, over the um, – into the luxury tax, roughly, give or take, maybe a million or two. Um, but, uh, you know, taking on Kevin Love and more, like, high extended salary, that would be really, really tough. Um, like, I would I would definitely be wanting to move, say, Evan Turner in that deal. Um, like, if I could get, say... Kyle Korver and Kevin Love in exchange for, like, Evan Turner and Nurkic. Um, and then, you know, like, throw in a first-round pick and maybe a Gary Trent Jr. or Anthony Simons or something like that. Then maybe we're talking. Um, I'm not giving up Zach Collins, though. He's just too good. Um, too, like, too much potential. But, uh, but, no, I mean, I could see them – working out a deal it would just it would just be tricky to like the the finances part of the, the whole equation um because they're kind of like in the same boat as washington like already 10 million dollars over the luxury tax and like um n- yeah not a lot of cap relief on the horizon so um any trade that either one of those teams makes um have to, like the finance financial aspect of it i think has to be a big factor um for both of them um but yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I could see a, a couple teams. I think, I think the two that you mentioned, uh, like I said, I could see Phoenix. Um, I could see Miami potentially, um, and, and mainly just because if they, if this Butler trade doesn't go through, um, like if they, if they're not able to get Butler, I could see them trying to look for, you know, somebody else. And you know, I mean, if they could basically give up Whiteside you know, get back Kevin Love type of situation. Um, maybe you throw in Tristan and then send them back James Johnson. Um, so they get Whiteside and James Johnson, and then, you know, it's kind of an even swap somewhat. Um, so maybe something like that I could see. Um, but, uh, yeah, not a lot of teams, though. I mean, that's four teams, and that's like so even a couple of those I think are questionable. Um but it, it, you know, we'll we'll just have to kind of wait and see what the market will be for him. Um, but if they can move him, they definitely should, and they definitely should full on take him. I, as much as I fucking hate to say that, because I really, really want to get their pick. <clears throat> I don't think it's going to happen. Um, anything you want to add to that, Luke? Before we move on. Yeah, I'll just try to make it real quick. Uh, the reason uh, I would start with TJ Warren is because I think he is really good, and I just feel unfortunate for him because he's just stuck behind so many players with Jackson, uh, Bridges, Trevor Reza, who you just gave some money. So he's just kind of like <clears throat> bottom on the totem pole right now. And I really honestly think the way Phoenix, just because they don't really have a GM and their owner's kind of just terrible too, uh, I really think uh, Kevin Love and Corver might get it done to chase back because, you know, they want to kind of compete to try to get T.J. Warren. I think he doesn't understand how good Warren is. And I just want to see Warren in a, just a, a new atmosphere be able to prove it. So that's why I was just throwing out just T.J. Warren to get him out of Phoenix. Yeah. Or maybe, like, I don't think it would work. Um, 
because I know you mentioned George Hill to to them before. So I mean, I don't know, man. I just don't, I don't think I would be wanting to trade. Like, granted, the the big plus side to George Hill is he's an expiring contract essentially. Um, but like, I I just don't think like I would rather play Yuli Kobo right now than than play George Hill minutes. Like I just I don't think he's he's very good anymore, um, unfortunately. Because I mean, he like when even just a couple seasons ago when he played in Utah, um, he was really fucking good. Um, he just couldn't stay healthy. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's some possibilities there. Phoenix really needs to get a, a, a either they need to get a starting caliber point guard or Elio Kobo needs to like really fast track his development because. Um, because they really need somebody to, like, distribute the ball, because I just don't think Devin Booker is that guy. Like, you, I mean, not saying, like, it's impossible for him to do it, but you're not playing him to his strong suits if you're asking him to do that. So, um, but uh, but nevertheless, I mean, they don't seem too focused on any one particular uh, thing. Um, like, I mean, I think, I think they're just gradually trying to get better piece by pieces as they can. So, um so yeah, I mean maybe maybe that would work. Um but anyway, uh let's let's move on uh to the Rockets. Uh Daryl Morey has reportedly offered and I say reportedly, it's a it's Woj Woj reported it, so we I, I don't even feel like we have to say reportedly. Um offered Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, and four first rounders in exchange for Jimmy Butler. Tom Thibodeau declined the trade. Luke, what are your thoughts on Houston offering four first-rounders uh, and then Tom Thibodeau deciding that wasn't good enough for him? Um, I mean, I can't believe Houston is at that spot where they're just like, oh, man, they see the writing on the wall, and they're like, we have to do something desperately, and that's pretty desperate. I mean, the last team to do it, it just didn't work out for them at all when they try to go in all like that. So I thought, you know – NBA had learned its lessons, but, you know, it might work out if they're trying to compete in, say, for instance, they do well for the next kind of like two to three years, like finish in the top and maybe, maybe go back to seven this year in the NBA, I mean, the Western Conference Finals. But, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's If you really look at it, though, I mean, besides the first-round picks, which – Right now, Tibbs is probably thinking because he's he's just not the smartest thinker. Sometimes when he when he's got things, you know, just him and his Jimmy Butler thing, he's got to figure out. But you know, so that's that's not a lot. But he's probably looking at these, thinking they're going to be twenty three and higher picks. And then Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris aren't the best things, so that's kind of the setback. But in the end, it's like, what are you doing? Like, I would have automatically taken that trade one hundred percent. Like, been like, okay, deal, before Wednesday. Like, I would have said yes last week and reported, so they couldn't go back on it and be like, nah, we were joking. We're not giving you four first-round picks because, you know, they have to wait till tomorrow for those contracts. But I would have been like, no, we have it right now. It's 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 going down once this thing, once everyone clears waivers and all that. But, you know, yeah. I mean, Tom Thibodeau right now, I feel, I mean, I don't feel, I feel bad for the Minnesota fans, but it's just Thibodeau just, him and Jimmy Butler, it's like he doesn't want to give up his little precious. Like he's he's crazy with his old like ex Bulls players that he never did it with. Like 
he still is like, no, we like, I owe you guys something. Like we have to make this last minute run. It's like, man, just get out of the past. Like that was a deep, like it was a good Bulls team, but you know, it didn't happen. Let go of some players. He's already reported that he doesn't want to be with you guys. So why wouldn't you take four first round picks? I mean, look at what happened. I mean, when, when the Celtics did it, it wasn't, you know, at the time it was kind of like, dang, they just gave up Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and all that for some picks that, you know, everyone was thinking the Nets are going to try to be good, but look at what happened to them. They weren't. And now we got some great picks out of it. I mean, I definitely see that with the Rockets. I mean, that's why they're in a desperation move. They're in a win now move. I mean, yeah, it could work for them, unlike Brooklyn, but I mean, what's the odds of that? I mean, Chris Paul's steadily showed decline. I mean, he can't really stay healthy for full season unless you're going to start sitting him a lot and all that. I mean, Harden, I'll give him that. He stayed up, but Anthony's old. I mean, Eric Gordon, this is his last year. I mean, Jimmy Butler, so you'd have his right. So there's a lot where it's, it's, it's do or die for this season for them. So, yeah, this pick might not pan out, but um, like we're saying, you can take those first, like all four of those first-round picks, and then you have, like, weapons to just, if you want to flip them and all that. I mean, we've always – Celtics, that was a great thing still that we have. We have a treasure chest full of assets with picks and all that. So, Chibito needs yeah. to make the right decision, and the owner finally needs to make the right decision and step in, make that deal, and tell Chibito it, it's either you make that deal or you're gone and I make that deal. And what do you want it to be? Yeah. Well, and, and you know, a couple things here. Like, I understand Chibito's um, – unwillingness to want to trade for future assets because his the writing on the wall for him is already there. Um, so he wants to try to save his job by winning. Um, and I, I understand that. Um, so that, you know, that aspect of it makes, makes a, a fair amount of sense. Um, but like still, you're not going to get anybody who's going to replace Jimmy Butler back. Like that is the thing that like, you're the best. I, I tried to think of a scenario, like best case scenario for them, right? And that's what I came up with. <clears throat> Washington just continues to be shit again. Um, so we're back to this Washington, which we'll, which we'll jump to uh, in, in a little bit too. Um, but like, let's say Washington's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to blow this thing up. Um, let's uh, Let's trade Bradley Beal for those four picks and Marquise Chris, um, and just be like, all right, John Wall, like, you couldn't get along with, like, Bradley, uh, so here you go, you know, like, fucking do what you, whatever the fuck you want to do, motherfucker, um, because we're not winning anyway, so might as well get some fucking picks out of it and start drafting some shit, and then, you know, send Beal to Minnesota and send Butler, um, to uh, to Houston with some ancillary parts moving around to make the money work, um, but like I mean that but see that's not going to happen like but Beal is Beal's in a contract for at least two more seasons, um, it, I, it's three more but I think there's a player option on the third. Um, there's just I, Washington's not going to be desperate enough to make that kind of transaction, in my opinion. Um, so then you go to the other team that would be in a similar situation, and it's Portland. And I think Portland's even farther away from making a move like that because, you know, their team always, like, Portland always has a good regular season. They always kind of 
you know, fizzle out in the playoffs. But, um, you know, I, I just don't see them doing something like that either with C.J. McCollum. Um, so, that, I mean, that's like best-case scenario. That's that's the scenario in which you get back, like, as close to Jimmy Butler's talent as possible. Um, and, you know, you just kind of keep plugging along with, um, with Teague and, and, and Towns and, and Wiggins and, you know, all those other guys. But it's just, I don't, I mean, it's just not feasible. Like, it's it's not going to happen. So if you if you look at that and you, you know, take a, take a look around the rest of the league, like, you're not getting anybody from, the, like, the, the only trade that's even close to that is the Miami trade in which you get Josh Richardson. Um, but even that's like a, a, a pretty big step back as far as competing now. Um, like, yeah, Josh Richardson is a much better player and you could still build towards the future with him and he's on a good salary and all that kind of stuff. But you're only getting one pick out of that out of that transaction. There's no way Miami is giving him more than one pick out of that deal. Um, they don't have uh, uh, another pick to give until 2025 and I just don't, I don't see them giving up two picks in that in that uh transaction. So like if you can get four picks and like you said, use those assets to kind of flip things around. I mean I suggested it uh flipping one of those picks and Brandon Knight for Kent Bazemore. I mean that gets you back um at least a, a, a like a, a good player, like a good player who plays the same position as Jimmy Butler. Like is he Jimmy Butler is he even close to Jimmy Butler? No. But that's the point. You're not going to get that back. So, like, or maybe you can get uh, Evan Fournier from the Magic. Like, there's another guy who's just kind of slightly overpaid. I don't think he fits long-term with Orlando. Same thing with Baysmore in Atlanta. Um, there's guys that you that you could go get for a first-round pick. Um, like, and if you have four of them to play with, uh, it only increases, you know, the likelihood that you can – you know, get a deal done there. So that's the biggest thing for me. I think it shows a lack of creativity. Now, maybe we're all, you know, maybe we're all jumping the gun and maybe Tibbs is being really smart and playing this out because, you know, uh, two weeks ago we were all saying, fuck, man, you need to take whatever offer you can get, like blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, now two weeks later, an offer comes across, you know, gets reported on where he, he gets four first-round picks. So, you know, maybe waiting just a little bit longer ends up, you know, panning out for them. Uh, we'll see. But I'm with you, man. I, I would have taken that fucking deal in a heartbeat and maybe try to see, like, if I could involve a third team to see if I could get somebody back instead of taking Brandon Knight and give up one of those picks, maybe even two of those picks, <clears throat> um, you know, if it if it was a good enough player, um, and you know, just going from there because it it's just it's not the the longer there the, at least comes a point where the longer you wait, um, the value does start to go down, and you've got these teams that are desperate because they're not doing well early in the season. And I think the time to pounce is now. Um, I don't I, – I mean, I think if Houston course corrects, you know, basically 
you know, feel like their offer is, is just shunned and it's, it's either not going to happen or it's not going to happen fast enough for them to move along at the pace that they feel they need to move, they're going to look elsewhere. They need to improve that roster, and they will look elsewhere to do so. Now, obviously, Butler's the guy that they really want, but if they can't, if they, they're not going to wait around forever. On it. Um, you know, we've mentioned uh, a couple times on this show uh, about them potentially trading uh, for Bazemore, who I think would be a perfectly fine fit uh, for them. Um, and there's other guys around the league that I think would be, um, you, you know, uh, good fits for them that they could go get um, who would take, you know, from teams who would take back Brandon Knight uh, in a first-round pick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but it, it's not uh, it's not looking promising uh, for Minnesota and their fans and um, just the towns and, and those guys either. By the way, did you see uh, Butler's interview at the end of the game last night? No, I didn't. I mean, what do you say? Look at how great uh, I mean, basically, I mean, you know, well, you know Butler. I mean, he's just blunt. And, like, so Dennis Scott, like, asked him, you know, a couple kind of, you know, easy questions and then was kind of like, you know, so, you know, y'all are able to get this win. Like, you know, what do you think, you know, is that is that – um, does that bode well for, for the future for this team? And, and, you know, the, um, essentially like kind of not asking him directly, but like, how, like, how do you feel about still being on this team kind of thing? You know? Um, and, uh, you know, when he asked him if it boded well for the future of the team, he was like, I, I hope so. <laughs> like, like, what do you want me to say, man? Like, uh, like, you know, we'll see. Like, we all want to win, but, you know, there's a difference between wanting it and going out there and getting it, you know, essentially is kind of how I read into it. Um, but, yeah, man, he just so clearly doesn't want to be there. Towns and Wiggins so clearly don't want him to be there. Um, even when he hit that three last night to uh, clinch the game, he's giving high fives, like, to a bunch of his teammates, and, like, Cat just doesn't even look at him. He just keeps walking to the bench, like – is obviously um, uh, not not good, not good what they got going on there. Um, but uh, do you want to add anything before we move on? No, I'll just add it uh, real quick. Speaking about if you wait another time, another team that is in that zone there, right now, you know, they're, it's kind of early, but L.A., man, watch out for the Lakers. I don't, I've never seen a LeBron liking to sit around and wait. I know they're – they can just sit there as free agency, but, I mean, why miss out on another Paul George opportunity if you just get Jimmy Butler right now? And after what he did in OT, you guys, you know he's a good player. I mean, yeah, he might not be the best fit, and you could get some potential better one in free agency, but why mess with that right now? And you could just secure up getting him in that long contract and putting him next to LeBron, and he'll play defense and he can shoot. And I think they have the pieces that Minnesota would like. I mean, there's some – there's a couple of people that I would take if I was Minnesota, even though right now, yeah, like we've been saying, Thibodeau wants people that are going to help this team right now and compete, but there's some good players that could really help them and be a good team two years or three, yeah, two years, or three years from now if they all grow together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think in order for that to happen, it would have to be after December, and I just don't think it's going to 
take that long um, just to make salaries work because they don't have the contracts, um, you know, to to really do it other, you know, until the salaries are freed up in December. Um, But, you know, I mean, if they're still, like, if they're still not playing well come December and, and somehow miraculously Butler still hasn't been traded, um, then yeah, I mean, I could I could totally see them doing that. I mean, um, you know, I I, I I would question it a little bit, uh, just because you already have LeBron locked locked down for the next three years. But nevertheless, like depending on what you're um, giving up, it, it it could be worth it. Um, the biggest thing is just you you harm your chance. The same thing with the Sixers, like. You just harm your chances at going out and getting a. You kill your chances rather of going out and getting a, a max player um, in the off season in which you didn't have to give up anything. I will say this though, I uh, I did the math on it, and um, if I'm the Sixers, I see I don't think Butler would do this, but if I'm the Sixers, I would give up Fultz and and Covington for Jimmy Butler if I could like basically get Jimmy Butler to sign like a $146 million five-year extension, but starting at his base salary for next season will be $25 million because that way you still keep max salary cap to, to play that field. Um, I don't think Jimmy Butler would do that, though, because even on the open market, he could sign for like $140 million um, for over four years, so I, I like I, I just don't see how that would, that would pan out. I just don't see Jimmy Butler, um, signing that deal. It just, I, it just doesn't make sense because there will be somebody who pays him uh, a four-year max deal. Um, so that you know, I, I just don't see it happening. But if, if they could get that to work, um, obviously it would take a little tampering. <laughs> but if they could get that to work. Um, in that case, I would do it. But other than that, I just don't want to give up that max that max cap space next season, um, even if it you know would help him out greatly you know in the short term. Like you could go out and sign Jimmy Butler, you know next season, not having given up anything, uh, and then maybe you could trade um, you know Markel Fultz, Robert Covington, and you know, what have you for, like, a C.J. McCollum or a Bradley Beal or, you know, what have you, um, to, you know, fill out that roster, if need be. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, Jimmy Butler is going to be an interesting story. Uh, if and when he gets traded, his off-season free agency, uh, he's cemented himself in the limelight and, and will be one of the talking points throughout this season. Uh, kind of like Kawhi was last season, for slightly different reasons and and very different uh, types of personalities. Um, but he's going to be somebody to uh, to watch for, for the you know for the whole season. Uh, but let's move on. The uh, Washington Wizards appear to be just as dysfunctional as we all feared. Um, uh, Luke, I I, I want to say you kind of called it. Um, I think you had him making the playoffs, but I think you only had him at eight, right? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I did have him low. Even though, I mean, I'm glad he didn't come back on the show 
a couple weeks ago when I was going to make a bull prediction, and I was going to say, I'll just say it right now, even though it doesn't matter. I was going to say two of these teams are going to make the the top three, and that was between the Sixers, uh, Celtics, and the Raptors. Two of them weren't going to make the top three, I don't think, and two teams that were going to sneak in was going to be Milwaukee, and unfortunately I was going to say the Wizards, but I'm glad I didn't say that, but I still see some of my prediction going right where I do I trust the Milwaukee, and I could see two like the top three teams that everyone's been talking about in the East really not finishing in the top three when they should be. Yeah, I mean it. I mean it could pan out that way. I think um, I think the Sixers because um, I kind of had them marked like not quite as I mean. A lot of people had them second, and I was like, no, nah, I just I feel like the Raptors are better. Like, I mean, I feel like I just didn't Kawhi Leonard. I mean, it was it was all going to come down to like whether Kawhi could, um, you know, be healthy. Be, but damn, he looked great so far. Lowry looks like he's playing the best basketball of his career um, next to next to Kawhi, and they, I mean, they just are firing on all cylinders. Um, both both of them and Milwaukee. Um, and obviously that that one of their streaks had to end the other night, and it happened to be Toronto's. Um, and the Bucks are now the last undefeated team uh, in the league, um, which I did not expect. I I thought there would be at least a little bit of a learning curve. Um, I think I just forgot how good of a coach Coach Bud was. <laughs> like, let's not forget. Coach Bud led a team with no superstar player to 60 wins. <laughs> like, um, like that's that's a phenomenal feat, uh, considering the talent that was on that team. Um, and you know, you give. I mean, I Giannis is definitely the best player he's ever had. Middleton is arguably the second best player he's ever had. I would give the nod slightly to Millsap, but only slightly. Um, you know, I mean, just just Whoa, looking Horford? at, eh, I think Millsap's better than Horford. I mean, I I do. I mean, I think I think Horford's probably better than Middleton though. Um, but but we haven't seen Middleton with a good coach yet. Like, I mean, we've seen what Middleton. We've seen a lot of potential from Middleton. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, Millsap was definitely the better of the two players when they played together. Um, just as a Hawks fan, like, I mean, I would say Millsap was our best player. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I definitely think that uh, he's at the very least has the best player that he's ever had on his team. He's got you know Middleton to go with it. Um, that team looks primed and ready. I wish a team like that could get Jimmy Butler, but like, it's just it, it, the, the only way they would be able to do it is by giving up Chris Middleton because of Tom Thibodeau. So it's like it's not going to happen. But um, and they're smart not to do that. But uh, but yeah, I mean they look they look really good. As for Washington, um, I, I I feel like I'm I feel like I shouldn't be surprised. Uh, but I still kind of am like they, I don't know what it is about um, that team. I I don't know why their chemistry is so bad. 
Um, because, I mean, you look at them, you would think that they're, just as far as talent, like on paper, they have a really, really good team top to bottom. I mean, uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal should be, what, the third, third, second, second, maybe even second best backcourt in the league? I mean, definitely Steph and Clay is number one. Uh, Portland's is up there. Um, I mean, I would obviously put Boston's up there, even though I think Jalen Brown's not quite, you know, up, up on that level. Um, but, like, but yeah, I mean, uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal should be, like, in, up, like up there. And they, they just – a backcourt that good, you should not just be this bad. I, I mean, it's it's really – it's really interesting. Now, all that being said, they they did lose the their opener by one point to the Heat. They lost by four to the Raptors. Um, they uh, they did get kind of creamed by the Warriors, but most of their games have been relatively close. Um, the Clippers creamed them the other night. Uh, they did. Uh, happened to lose to the Kings. That was by four, which was a close game. Um, but you really, really shouldn't lose to the Kings. But hey, there's a few teams out there that are losing to the Kings. So they're they're in they, they have some company there. Um and they were only able to beat uh the Blazers by um one point in, in their one victory and that was an overtime victory. So they're playing Memphis right now. They really, really need to step up and, and get this W because they like, they desperately need it. Um, I, I got a question for you, though. We've mentioned a couple different trade scenarios with the Wizards. They're both kind of unrealistic, in my opinion. Um, but I read an interesting trade scenario that I think um, might be possible. Let's say Butler... Um, gets traded and it's not to Miami and so Miami just misses out. Um, would you trade... Like, I'll, I'll just give you the trade and you tell me who says no if, if you know, if you object for either team. Uh, John Wall for Goran Dragic and a first-round pick. Yes and yes. Right. Um, like I mean, I mean, I don't it, think it would happen, but I would do it just because, like you're saying, if we if we'll get it back to the topic at hand with the dysfunctional Wizards, you know what it might be? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of classic heads, but what if it is the two main superstars that are having the biggest beef, but they don't want to make that public and all that, so they keep on well, making it look like it's is. everyone, it's everyone, you know, clashing heads and all that, and it's like. Austin Rivers and Dwight Howard, you know, we're kind of, you know, we all saw that writing on the wall. We're like, we're adding two terrible people. But what if it's just not anyone else and it's the two superstars can't really get along with how the system want to play. And, you know, one has the option to run ever what type of game he wants and thinks he runs a pretty good game. And then the other one's like, no, not really. So I think the Wizards have a little bit more. But then again, I mean, I can't fully – get off the Wizards right now, like, you know, my prediction, I could still, because you got to look at it, I mean, the yes are dysfunctional right now, and they're on a slow start, but it's still early in the season, so I can't really, slow starts are slow starts, whatever. But they're also missing their center, and they traded the one that they had last year, so now they went kind of, you know, all in on Dwight, who he's had his ups and downs, but 
if you really look past like his what he's done in LA and all that, I mean, he's averaged a double double every season, so that's not that bad of a player to get. So you're missing that, and I mean, it's it's he's not a, like a huge surplus. Like yes, that's really doing great, but I mean, I think that'll help them out a little bit more, especially in the Eastern Conference, and then. You got to look. I mean, they got two new additions to the team, so they got to get them acclimated. So I'm still not pushing the full panic button on the Wizards. I do think there is some stuff uh, underlining things that we don't see, and I do think it might be between Beal and Wall. So if I had to trade one, I'd want to trade Wall just because his contract is just absurd what they've yeah. ended up it's signing him for. Be- We've got one more year of reasonable John Wall contracts, and then next year kicks in that super max, which they never should have paid him. Yeah, and not not saying John Wall is a bad player and all that. It's just like you put yourself in salary purgatory where you can't really do anything else to help him. I mean, he should have saw that. No, they ain't even even in in salary purgatory. They're in salary cap hell. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, so they they got to get rid of that. I mean, and Bradley Beal's on a better contract. So yeah, I would do it. Not saying if I'm Washington, unfortunately, I'm going to be the more stubborn one in that trade and want more because I do think Wall's more. If you could give me another first round pick or let me get Justice Winslow, since you don't seem like you really want him. I mean, I'm not asking for Josh Richardson. I mean, I could ask for him. Yeah, so I could I could ask for him, but you know. I'd take a win for a thousand, you know, and give him a chance with Bradley Beal and all that. I mean, coming off the bench, more defense and all that. So, I I just think Washington would just not just because what they hold that obviously they hold John Wall's value very high if they sign him for that deal. Yeah, I mean they do, um, but but ultimately, I don't know, man. I feel like if 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 it really does come down to it being like. Just the two of those guys that can't get along for whatever reason, um, then yeah, I'm, I I don't know. I I would do it. Um, I feel like getting a first round pick out of it is is good. Um, obviously, Dragic, uh, he's he's a few years older than Wall. I think he's I think he's four four years older than John Wall. I think he's thirty two. John Wall's twenty eight. Um, but he's he's on a much more reasonable contract. Um, they make about the same this season. Uh, he has a player option for next season, uh, right around the same amount, like $19 million-ish. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know if he would opt into that or if he would look for a longer-term deal. But regardless, you're going to be paying him a lot less than you're paying um, John Wall. And if you can get a first-round pick out of it, like, you're getting a good player in a first-round pick and you're getting off that salary. That's You're getting three pluses right there. Um to be honest, I don't even know if Miami would include the first. Um, I think they would, though, because I think I think they would see the situation so somewhat similar to how they see this Butler situation in that they really, really want to get a, like a superstar player. And John Wall is a superstar player. Um, it's just he, for whatever reason, like can't coexist with Bradley Beal, who's also a superstar player, um, and just hasn't been able to play – up to that alongside John Wall. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, maybe they wouldn't do it. Maybe Miami wouldn't do it. But I, I just think it would be a, uh, a like a good trade all the way around um, for all teams. Um, 
sideways, like lateral moves for both teams. Like no no team is making any giant step forward or taking a big leap back. Um, but just it seems like it makes sense uh, as far as chemistry's sake, and then for Miami, just as far as like getting like a, a just a primo talented player, um, just look slightly more talented than than Dragic. Um, but anyway, Joel. Jimenez is now joining us. Joel, what's up, my man? Hello. Uh, nothing much, man. Just talking about the disappointing Washington Wizards. Um, what have you? Uh, what have you gleaned from their season thus far? Uh, and are you ready to hit the panic button on the Wizards? Uh, I can echo that. I'm disappointed. I don't know if I'm ready to do the panic button just yet, but I, I definitely say uh, it's been another disappointing season for them. They seem to be just a little bit better than how I uh, – every year I have, uh, like, this hype for the Hornets, and they always disappoint me. The Wizards are a better version of that, where they make the playoffs and they play well, but they could just never get over, out of their own way. Um, they don't seem right. to like each other. I think I think that's what the issue right. is. Like, I don't think Wall and Beal, the main two guys, don't, I don't know if they like each other enough for them to put team over whatever they're dealing with. And they don't seem to, like, you don't see it on the court. Like, they never look like they're arguing with each other or anything. It's just just chemistry is not there. Uh, they did bring, yeah. bring in Dwight, but Dwight's been hurt. Uh, I know he should be back soon. But and until we see this whole team together, full strength, it's hard to judge what they can be because I think Dwight is, can still give, you know, he still has something to prove. Because last year I thought he had a great year, even though the Hornets sucked. Dwight, had, Dwight himself had a great individual season. Uh, so I think with the addition to Dwight and that, that good starting five and a decent bench, they should be able to do something. They had, they're, they're, I think even as, as they currently constructed are still playoff teams, it's just a matter of will they get over the others. There's going to be a middle of the They're not beating anybody. You're not scared of them. And if it's going to be the same shit all the time. If they say they struggle this year and they barely make the playoffs, I would hit the panic button. I would say it's about time. We got to do something. Gotta blow it up. Um, what uh, do you have any thoughts on my uh, just little trade proposal? Real simple: um, John Wall for Goran Dragic and a first-round pick um, from Miami. Um, any thoughts there? I think that's reasonable. Maybe maybe a little bit extra. I would probably want another player. Uh, but I'm not sure. I, I would have to look at it. Um, but it's not bad start. That's a good way to start it. I definitely want Dragic, and I definitely want that first round pick. Um, maybe just a little bit extra, but uh, it's not a bad start. And you know what? It might work. <laughs> it's like one of those trades that you're like, oh, that's not even. But then it happens, and you're like, oh, they're, they're clicking. Something's clicking, and that might be one of those trades that does that for both sides. You never know. Uh, so, yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the that's the idea behind it. I mean, obviously, John Wall's a better player than Dragic, but um, but essentially, I mean, you would be doing it for chemistry's sake and and some salary cap relief um, and to right. get the extra assets. So, um, but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe ultimately Washington would want more. I I just don't see Miami giving up any more than that. Um, not to take on that 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 size and length of of that contract. Um, and again. Not saying John Wall isn't worth that much money, 
I'm just saying mm-hmm. that when you when you're having to pay John Wall that much money, plus all the other people that you're having to pay money, then you get into luxury tax and everything else. It just makes things very very difficult um, financially. Um, now, if there is one team um, like who probably would do it, it's probably Miami. Um, they they've don't seem like they've ever really had um, a problem paying guys. Um, you know when 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 they feel like it's warranted. Um, the only person that really sticks out, surprisingly enough, is like Dwayne Wade. <laughs> they just never wanted to pay Dwayne Wade. Um, but you know, I guess maybe they just thought they could keep getting by with it. Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, let's move on to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are playing the Clippers tonight, and I believe it's a relatively close game early on. Um, the the Thunder, they finally got a win against the lowly Phoenix Suns, um, but they don't look like they've taken any kind of necessary steps forward. Now, <coughs> excuse me, obviously Westbrook missed some time early on in the season, um, and he's getting back in, but, you know, I mean, he doesn't really look like, it doesn't look like rust is what's affecting Russ. It looks like Russ being Russ. Um, and, you know, just just the lack of, of creativity on the offensive end is just it's killing this team. And you know what? Like, I, I get that, like, there's a certain aspect uh, of Russell Westbrook that is a wild card aspect where – there's only so much that you can coach a guy like that, and I get that. Um, but I, I still got to go back to I, I feel like part of it has has got to be Billy Donovan. Um, I give Billy Donovan major props to um, getting that team uh, and basically like helping to keep that team together um, because I think it, it, if you watch um, some of the um, – little documentary footage that they put together for, for Paul George um, choosing to stay in Oklahoma City, um, Billy Donovan was a big part of that. Um, so I think you got to give him a lot of credit there. But now that you've got Russ and PG signed on and you've got those guys and you don't have to worry about that aspect anymore, I am definitely looking at is there a coach out there that we feel like is going to make our team better? And if so, I'm fucking pulling the trigger on that because Billy Donovan's just underachieved as far as simply coaching since he first got there. Um, and it's not like he hasn't had the time. Um, and I'm not even talking about like, of course you lose KD, like that's going to, that's going to hurt. Um, but like, last season to only have one more win than the season before. Um, just a lot of different variables uh, of, of coaching that I, I just don't see out of Billy Donovan. And so, yeah, I'm back on it. I'm back on that. They probably need to fire Billy Donovan train. Um, Luke, tell me you've already bought the ticket and you're sitting right there uh, with me on this one. Uh, I am, but uh, I'm not. I do still think maybe he he has a glimmer of hope. Just because I mean he's not a bad coach, 
I do think there's a lot more right now hurting them, and it's another one of those you can't jump on something early, you know, early season lows or like, and all that. But he he's missing some key people. Not saying he's like super key and he's like offensive, but I mean the Robertson. I mean he's still injured. He's not going to probably come back until December. It's still a huge part Very of the team and all that. So he's he's got some injuries that are, but in the end. I think if they're still playing kind of low by, like, Christmas, I mean, after trade deadline and all that, then I've fully bought onto the Billy Don. He's right now, he, he's not there yet because there's other coaches that are in my mind that need to be fired or just playing to get fired. You know, I'm still trying to wonder what they're doing. But he's not there yet just because, I mean, it does hurt when your star player is kind of elusive and a wild card and all that. And – he didn't get to, you know, practice at the beginning of the season, do summer camp with them, and then now you're just kind of throwing him into this team where he really hasn't been acclimated yet, and it's already hard to play with Russell Westbrook because he's just doing anything that he wants to because it's it's just Westbrook. So I think that it comes more into play, but Billy Donovan does have a very, very small, like he, he can't mess up that much more or he will be on that. 100% I bought the ticket and he should be fired. Yeah, I mean, to me it's just – and I'm not saying he should be fired right now. Um, I mean, I, I do I do think, you know, I, just for posterity's sake, you know, like at least get, like, give the guy, you know, some amount of time this season because of the different variables. But it's like, I mean, he's had enough seasons to where he should have done better than he's done – to this point in time. Um, and, you know, I mean, again, like, I get the fact that they're missing Robertson, and, you know, I get the fact that, you know, they, I mean, I, I think Stephen Adams had to miss a game or two. Um, he may be out tonight, I'm not sure. Um, but Nerlens Noel stepped in and played very well. He's not, he's playing? Yeah, he's playing. Word. Um but, uh, you know, I, I get that. Um, but, you know, I mean, I just – I think that there's there's it just some it, – it, to me, it really boils down to one thing. Like, yeah, when they have Robertson in, they're much better defensively. But, like, this offense should run better than it does. Um, and, you know, what's crazy is, you know, Robertson means so much to them defensively, but means absolutely jack shit to them offensively. He doesn't do anything offensively. Um, and when they lost him last year, they didn't get any better offensively. They got a lot worse defensively, but plugging in somebody to, who's a more apt offensive threat um, didn't help them. Um, and so it, you know, it really boils down to me. Like, I don't, I don't know that he really knows how to run any kind of offense that that really makes sense. You know, and there are so many different uh, offenses that you could run that really take advantage of Westbrook and Paul George. They're just not they're just not being implemented. Um so but yeah, I mean I'm not necessarily saying right now, I'm just saying like like I feel like this is this is his last shot. Like this is this is the season where if they're gonna fire him, um that they fire him um because, you know, at the very least they're not having to worry about the contract situations of Russ and P G at this point. Uh, but anyway, Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on the Thunder in general and Billy Donovan's job security? I mean, again, um, I 
I echo a lot of what you guys are saying. Uh, I personally, I personally think it's disappointing. I, I'm with I'm with you there. I think they're just not playing up to par. Now I'll give them the pass because Westbrook wasn't there to start, and that's a big piece to be missing. And so there, sure. there are a lot of new pieces to throw around. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there, but if I like let's say midway, let's say uh, all-star break, if things aren't looking a little better, if they're still struggling for some apparent reason, uh, you got to start looking. Because I know Roberson's not there, but, I mean, he's, he's just really a defensive role player. That's really – I mean, he's not an all-star. He's not a star player. You know what I mean? He's one of your starters, right. sure, but because he's such a good defender, he should not – be the be-all, end-all of your season because of him. No, it just shouldn't work that way. You have enough pieces right. there, you should do something. So, if by then, uh, it's just, there's just something wrong. I think you might have to, he's definitely on the bubble. I think you may have to consider getting rid of Billy Donovan. And, and look, I, 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 for one, I'm not one that, I'm not trying to get him fired. I'm not saying he should be fired. Uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's still figuring shit out. Um, but, I mean, he's, he, I mean, at some point, they got to start playing better in general. Because you can't, you can, I've seen teams play, but it's all about playing hard. And I think the Thunder just aren't playing hard enough for Billy. And I don't know if it's for Billy specifically, it's just, Westbrook plays hard all the time. But if you're not, if you're not at Westbrook level energy, something's wrong. So, um, I'm, again, I'm going to give him midway through, see how it goes. But Billy's on the, Billy's on the bubble for me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, like on the hot seat, and you know we'll see we'll see how things pan out. I just honestly, I uh, I like I I hope he can kind of tie it together. Um, mm-hmm. But I I I just think it, he's got just a very small window um, to be able to do it. I think you're right. I think All Star break. Um, I think kind of Joel, you said that, and I think Luke, either you might have said it or you were definitely inferring it. Um, that uh yeah, I mean that that seems like would be the window um to kind of see where this team is at. Um and, you know, if you're if you feel like you might maybe need a jolt um to like get that team to wake up a little bit, yeah, I mean I could see them letting him go and just bringing on like a, an an assistant to be the interim coach for the rest of the season and then, you know, figuring out where they go in the off season. Um, would be the kind of the way to do it. I will say this though, um, for uh, for everyone's always trying to give me shit about uh, GMing and whatnot um, <laughs> <laughs> about about couch GMing, if you will. Um, and granted, this is just uh, Hollinger uh, analysis, and it's it's just a few games into the season and what have you. Um, but if you go into the NBA trade machine and you plug in Kent Bazemore for Dennis Schroeder, it buys Oklahoma City five more wins. <laughs> and that's who I said they should have been traded for from the fucking beginning because he just made so much more sense for that fucking team. Um, he would be he would be so much of a better piece for that team. Like Schroeder, by the way, Joel, I, I forgot to say this, um, mm-hmm. I think in last week's episode, d- damn – Dennis Schroeder should have been our most disappointing player, both of ours, uh, because uh, he didn't do jack shit when Westbrook was out. And, like, it's like, dude, you're supposed to be a fucking starting point guard. 
um, that just so happens to be a backup because you play behind Russell Wilson, uh, sorry, Russell Westbrook. Uh, they, he ain't been doing shit, and I can't say, uh, I, you know, I've said it from the beginning, I'm not surprised. Um, he, he's, he's not going to work uh, alongside, I just, I don't see it that he's going to work alongside um, Westbrook. Like, I don't, I don't buy into the fact that they can close, quote-unquote, close games together. I don't see that. Um, and, can't shoot. Um, he can't shoot. He can't shoot. And he, yeah. he's, a poor man's, he's a poor man's Russell Westbrook. He's the same kind of player that Russell Westbrook is, just not as good. Um, mm-hmm. he, you know, like, on every single level. Like, he's a slasher who gets to the basket. He's got a great first step. Um like he can blow by guys. He's really good at finishing around the rim. He's a reasonably good passer. He is a decent rebounder. Um, like basically, just a notch below. All, aside from basically his, his finishing at the bucket, I think he's as good as um, Westbrook in, in that regard. Um, but like as far as his like foot speed, he's not quite as fast. He's not quite as athletic. He's not quite as good of a passer. Um, uh, he might be, I don't know. Uh, that that's tough. Russ gets a lot of assists, but he does. He he, he uh, oftentimes doesn't take care of the ball. But anyway, I think I, I made my point in that regard. Um, I don't think he's a good fit, and I think they should be looking to trade him if they can. Um, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, I tell you what, if uh, if Phoenix is not looking good um, midway through the season and Schroeder's just not panning out for them, I wouldn't mind seeing them trade Schroeder for Ariza straight up. Like you ain't even got to give us, Ooh. like, a pick or nothing. Like, Ariza's an expiring contract. He's a guy who could step in, play defense for him, knock down some threes, what have you. Um, I think you could play him alongside Paul George and, uh, and Russ. Um, and, you know, even if you don't keep him, he's an expiring contract and you're already, like, way over the – aware of the tax, and of course, you know, if Phoenix is just out there, like, not playing well, um, you know, Dennis Schroeder's the kind of guy who maybe could work out on that team, you know, given a couple years, and, you know, you can see where where you are. Anyway, um, I think that could be an interesting, uh, an interesting potential trade down the line, depending on how things shake out. Uh, But anyway, uh, before we move on, Luke, did you have anything you wanted to add uh, about OKC and, and where they're at right now? No, I think we pretty much covered board. It just, I'm just don't ever agree on a coach losing his jobs within 20 games. Give him at least till 20 games and then start making decisions. It just it never makes sense six games in to get fired or five games in, 12 games in, 20 games. You got to see that out. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I could uh, pretty much agree with that. I mean, I ultimately feel like, you know, Ty Lue's kind of fell in that situation, whereas, you know, like if you really were going to fire him, you maybe should have just done it this off season, or at least waited, you know, until a little bit into the season. Um, definitely felt that way with Earl Watson last year. Um, that's kind of what this Ty Lue deal kind of reminded me of. It was Earl Watson, like the same, same type of situation, mm-hmm. like a – a team that, like, maybe like maybe some people expected them to do relatively well, um, but, like, 
ultimately you can't be like totally surprised that you know they they have struggled the way they have struggled. Um, now, is that coaching? Maybe, maybe it is. Um, but at the same time, it's like a lot of a lot of moving parts, adjustable pieces. Doesn't really make sense to fire someone after five or six games. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, the Warriors are just fucking rolling um, to start their season. Uh, Curry and Durant have been on a tear, and then not to be outdone, fucking Clay Thompson goes off last night. Uh, broke the record for amount of threes uh, made in one game. Was it 14 that he made? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah, dude is just fucking crazy and he's kind of been struggling like early on in the season um which you know he goes through lulls where he does um you just hope that those lulls aren't in the uh the playoffs because they have been at, at times in the past um but dude like this team is just so fucking good it like <laughs> i um i i'm i i and and to think that they they have added demarcus cousins I think Steph, I don't know if he's just the healthiest that he's been in a few years or if, like, I I don't know what else it could be, but, like, he looks revitalized. He looks like he's got a pep in his step. Um, KD's just always good. Um, And, you know, Clay can always go off like he does and is always going to be great defensively, Um, always going to be a clutch catch-and-shoot guy. Draymond's the, the... you know, Swiss Army knife do everything to to get W's. Whether he needs to get assists, rebounds, points, uh, steals, blocks. You know, I mean, he can give any of that to you. Um, and then they got Demarcus Cousins coming in. Um, I uh, <laughs> I don't want to have very many shows where we talk about the Warriors because it's like the most boring fucking thing for me, <laughs> like personally, for me to talk really about on the show. But I felt like we had to address it. I mean, as good as they've been playing, like, I'm just, put it this way, I'm just glad that there's so many other great storylines for us to talk about because come NBA Finals, it's going to be just like it fucking was last year, um, more than likely. Um, You know, barring any unforeseen, you know, uh, I guess, uh, ripples. Uh, throughout the season. But, um, Joel, I mean, just what are your thoughts on the Warriors getting off to this, this kind of start? Obviously, they did lose one game in that mix. Um, but, uh, but I mean, the games that, you know, it, that one was close and they've blown out a lot of teams. Um, Steph, you know, dropping 51 in a, in a night. Um, Katie's just been super consistent. And then you have Clay go off uh, like he did the other night. Um what are your thoughts on the, on the Warriors? Fuck them. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, son. <laughs> no. Is <laughs> no. oh, oh, that it? They, fuck them? <laughs> no, no, no. I wish it was just fuck them. Like, oh, we'll, we'll keep keep it moving. I don't have much to say. I think you said everything already. I mean, what? I mean, what is there to say? What can I say that has that that no one knows already? That or or whoever actually listens, I've said constantly. Uh, I will agree with you. Steph is on a tear right now. He's uh, a monster of sorts at the moment. Uh, uh, Clay got 
fucking hot yesterday. And I, I think, what, it's the second time going for 50 before the fourth quarter or whatever the hell it was. I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ, imagine they let him play the whole game. And he's, that's insane. Right. <laughs> that's insane. Um, yeah, they scored 92 yeah. points in, in, a, in a half the other night. Yeah. Against Chicago. Oh, that's an all-star score, man. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. And that's unfair. And that's their third best player, arguably, right? I mean, if yeah. you got, what, KD, Steph, Steph, KD, 1-2, and you got Clay and, and Ben Draymond, and then when DeMarcus is healthy, he's probably up there, top four over the job. Oh, my God. It's not fair. It's not no. fair. I don't, I don't, you know what? I'm done talking about it, actually. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I think the, the biggest thing is uh, that I that I kind of take away from this is that any one of these guys would be fucking stupid to join another team this off season, um, except for Demarcus Cousins because that dude needs to go get paid. They can't um, mm-hmm. obviously they that given the way that his contract is structured, um, the only way he can get paid is if he leaves. So he he needs to leave after this season. Right. Um, that was but the other four guys. Signing. That's all that was. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, dude's never even been to the playoffs, so you know, he he, he got a surefire yeah. ring. Um, Here's his chance. You know, yeah, whatever. Um, and he doesn't seem like really, you know. I mean, a lot of people um, like say this, like in the league, a lot of people say this. Um, but uh, he really does seem like the kind of dude who's like, he didn't really seem that overly concerned. Um, that he's leaving X amount of dollars on the table. It's more of a point of pride for him, I really think. Um, and, you know, I I, I can kind of see that. Um, but anyway, um, they'd all, any of them, like, it, uh, essentially either KD or Clay would be stupid to leave the Warriors this offseason. Um, they totally shouldn't do it. That being said, I totally hope that KD does. I, I want I would love I would love to see Clay like on any assortment of teams like because I just would love to see Clay be able to like have a greater role. Um, but mm-hmm. if I had to pick, I would rather see the core like three of the the Warriors like stay together the rest of their career in Golden State. I'd rather see KD like have his three years there. They won, you know, every year he was there, and then he can go join another team, maybe go out east, you know, if that's New York or um, Brooklyn or, uh, you know, I mentioned Dallas. Uh, I I think he would, would, that would be an interesting fit for him, Dallas, um, playing next to Luca and and Dennis and, um, you know, those guys. Um, Philly uh, could certainly be a possibility. There's a lot of teams out there that he could choose from. Um, but like that would be amazing. But Kevin Durant would be stupid to do it. Like he would be. Like the only reason that he would do it is because he knows that everybody is going to never going to let him get over the fact that you know he went to join a seventy three and nine team, and that's the only reason he won. And blah 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 blah. blah. Um, but like as far as just for you knew that going um, in though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I think he underestimated it though. Um, I guess. But never. I think he thought it was gonna be like LeBron going to Miami, um, and it wasn't like LeBron going to Miami. <laughs> um, so, like, just 
just the action wasn't quite the same as LeBron going to Miami. So of course the reaction was was different as well. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I would love to see it. I I think it would be it might be ultimately good for his quote unquote legacy and whatnot. But like, as long as these guys are playing this well and like can go out there and have this much fun and you know what have you like he's obviously got a good rapport with these guys like if if he can muster it fuck the world like fucking live your life and enjoy the friends you got and play in golden state for the rest of your career um i mean i think he would be foolish not to just from a basketball perspective now i hope that 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 little whatever part of him is left from him in OKC that still wants to go out there and compete, you know, like back in, when he said back in like 2012, everybody wants to be a fucking Laker or a member of the Heat now, like I want to win whatever yeah. with my team. Um, like whatever little part of him is, is maybe still left in there, I hope that mm-hmm. part comes out and he's like like this off season and he ends up but going. That, that wasn't uh, but, the real him. That's what he said, Nick. He said that wasn't real him. That was fake him. This is sure, real him. sure. Snake him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I think, I think more, m- more off. Well, more likely, he just, uh, he's evolved as a person, um, and a lot of that evolution had to do with being in spotlight and getting a lot of. Um, the negative attention that he got of you know for so long, um, but nevertheless, I, I don't want to speculate on that really. Um, Luke, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the Warriors this season, and do we even need to play this season? No, they're playing great. Like don't get me wrong, I'm mean, like you're saying, they're probably getting a good good season out of step, like you know, healthy. But you know, health always has the with it's a long season again. I mean, we can't jump on these. I mean, they're playing really well, but some staggering things to just point out about Clay's game. I didn't get to see it. I just watched the highlights. But at one point in time in the first half, he was nine for ten for three. I know he finished with ten three pointers in the first half. That's just crazy, just to think. You only have ten, and the record was thirteen. He got fourteen. So, yeah. and like you said, he only played the third. Second time he's done this where he scored 50 points. So, I mean, it's it's fun. He scored um, 60 yeah. in the other one. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a while. It's, so, yeah, I mean, he's a really good player. I mean, they definitely could have. I mean, if they wanted to break the Kobe thing and score another 80-point game, I think they could have had multiple times where three of them could have done it. So, don't say just, you know, once they are just beating a team like that, they do sit. But, uh, yeah, we do need to play season because, um, again, it's a very, very long season. Anything can happen, and I still think that they have a lot of holes when it comes down to a series. Yeah, one game in the season is kind of different, and you can match up against people and you have superstars, but you're coming against a coach and running against a thing, and your bench isn't that deep as it's always been. I think you might run into Very some true. trouble. So, yeah, I do want to play out the season because I do think my team, another team in the East right now, has just deeper teams, and if they can make it there and they're playing well, you know, they could have a good chance to put Golden State for a run for the money. I do agree that they'd be stupid if any of them left, but I do think they're going to leave. I mean, after a while, I, like you, I agree that I think the core three should stay, Clay should stay, even though if I'm L.A., I'm doing everything possible to tamper oh, hell yeah. to get Clay's dad just to talk to Clay 
make some chocolates in, you know, be like, hey, you know, LA, that's my number one fridge. And if I'm LA, low key, not telling anyone, even yeah. though it's probably already known. But no, I, I'd like to see Clay stay in. Uh, I do think Kevin Durant would leave. Him and DeMarcus, DeMarcus, I mean, can't stay there because of money thing. Unless Durant left and somehow Boogie became their Durant for a couple seasons. But yeah, I do so, think Boogie wants so, that money. Yeah, so it wouldn't work like that. He can't get Katie's money. No. And Katie wants his money, too. And there's some other teams out there. Right. I just think Katie... KD at this point, it wasn't his team. You know, I think he's going to see that even if they do win for the third time straight. But he's going to look at the list like, hey, I won three in a row. It wasn't my team. I feel comfortable. And now why don't I prove all these haters wrong that I can take a terrible organization for a long time and bring them back. Um, I'm sorry, Joel. I was not trying to shame your Knicks. I do think that he should go to the Knicks. It's just you guys have been pretty down lately. But I'd like to see you back. So I think KD would be fun on the Knicks. And it'd be a fun team. So Damn I do right think, I do think, you know, he he could he he should leave. But I mean, we got a long season. There, anything can happen. I mean, yes, yeah, Steph's playing really uh, great right now. But you know, I mean, he's almost like a Chris Paul. I mean, he's. Had, I mean, you're gonna have to sit on him. He's, he's ran into his injuries. He's, so I mean, we got a long season ahead. But he's playing great. But can't get around the fact that Clay Thompson shot. Nine for ten in the first half at one point. He only missed one three. That's how crazy he was, like, just on just fire. Like, how's everyone in Gold State? I'm just passing on the ball. Like, I mean, guy's not missing. I'm, I don't know if he finished ten for 11 because I know he made ten, but it's still just crazy to think how good of a game Clay Thompson had. He's just the third wheel in that whole organization. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it really is crazy. And, and like – I mean, nothing really surprises me with Clay anymore after I saw him drop 37 and a quarter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, say what you want about Kobe's 81. Like, no one else – and I don't – I don't. yeah, I, no one else in history has ever dropped 37 in one quarter. Clay Thompson has the record for most points ever scored in a single quarter. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean, that that's just – the dude can ball – um, and, and that is one reason why I would like to see him um, kind of in a, in a different role. But that's – see, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, if, if you just take KD off that team, I feel like then Steph and Clay can both shine again, you know. Like, you, and and they all knew what they were getting into when, when they got him and what he was getting into, minus the backlash. But just as a, as a player on the court, like, um, you know, you were going to have to sacrifice – um, yours for the team for the greater greater game greater gain for the team greater good rather um, you know that was bound to happen so I mean I think they're all fine with it but I would love to see like pre KD Splash Brothers because God that was a team that I love to watch um, and you just don't get the same thing um, both because of they play a little differently with KD you get a little more ISO ball. Um, and, um, you know, obviously they, they add another level, um, of where the comp- competitive factor needs to be for the other teams that they can't match. Um, so like, like Joel said, fuck them. Cause it's just not fair. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that plays out, but, uh, I don't, I honestly wonder 
I, I kind of, I don't know, I just, I just thought of this, but I kind of wonder if, uh, do you think they would, they would go for 74 this year? I mean, they, they already have one loss, so like they're already, but like, do you think that would factor in at all, um, in their mindset, um, just to give them a new challenge? Like, can we win, can we outdo our 70, I mean, we're a better team, like, than we were when we went 73 and 9, um, I could see them doing something like that just to like um like you know uh fuck it all, you know, what have you. Like let's just let's let's try to fucking win as many regular season games as we can. Um you know, just to kind of spice it up. Joel, do you, do you see that or do you think they'll just ultimately be more cautious than that? Fuck them. I'll play <laughs> I thought they were smart. I'd say be cautious. Be cautious because um, they do tend to get hurt towards the end of the season for some Perry's. Not that it's ever really stopped him, um, but you know, you never know. You, like, like Luke was saying, like, anything can happen. Uh, plus, they have their ultimate weapon that's not you know they're they're saving for the playoffs in the Michael Cousins. So, I mean, they're raring to go. I mean, as long as they can keep their guys healthy, no one. I just don't see it. I just who. Oh my God, I hate them. Uh, as long as they're healthy, I can. I just don't see how anything can stop that. Like, imagine when Cousins gets back. Like, right. right. That's the thing, mate. <laughs> the, the, the only hope could be that, like, yeah, Cousins somehow doesn't, like, gel with them. Click. But it's like, yeah. Yeah. But, like, like, I mean, you're talking about a big who could shoot the ball, who's an excellent passer. Um, a reasonably decent great rebounder, great rebounder. Like, yeah, I just can like can run the floor. Um, right, and they don't like, need him. <laughs> yes, that being the most important thing. Um, but they'll still want to get him involved. Like they'll still right, like, and they will. They don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it it. it yeah, it's just unfair. It sucks. I'm glad Luke has some optimism <laughs> for the rest of us. <laughs> um, but anyway, Luke, could you see them? Uh, could you see them trying to chase 74 just to kind of spice it up this season? No, I don't think they want to deal with all that media around it, and they know better their championship contending team. I think it would have to be another young, fiery team that's just like going forward and all that, and they're gotcha. just smart competitive, like, old machine. They're not – they were young at that point in time and all that and really right. trying to show the league, like, hey, we are better than you. Right now, they're yep. just they're just like, yo, we're going to make it to the playoffs and then we're going to kick out you guys' ass. So that's all we really care about. Regular season, regular season, here's what's really going to happen. Exactly. No, I feel you. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, I wanted to talk about a team that really, really fucking surprised me. Uh, so far this season, and that is the Sacramento Kings. They have won three Jeez. straight now, and are currently four and three. Um, I uh, I will issue uh, a formal apology um, as Joel as my witness. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to formally apologize to Marvin Bagley III. third. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh and I well and I, I shit I'm I, I might as well include Luke in this too I mean Luke Luke and I have done enough uh, uh draft um, draft boards and, and mock drafts and stuff for him to know my uh, 
um, my disdain for the notion of the Hawks taking Marvin Bagley. Um, not per my disdain for Marvin Bagley per se, um, but just you know not not wanting my team to take him. Um, but he looked pretty good. Um, you know, I mean, for a rookie, like he's definitely outplayed uh, Harry Childs, <laughs> who yeah. I, he's I out of the rotation at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, say what now? Is it Kufus? That Kufus? Oh uh, yeah, post the Kufus. Um, but anyway, like they they've they've looked really good. I mean, they're currently uh, competing with the Magic. Uh, they're up by five uh, as of now, with about five minutes left in the game. Like they, yeah. this is surprising. Like I mean, especially after last season, like when you know they. they yeah, and like they they and last season like tried to go out and like sign big names, and I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know, like mm-hmm. fucking tank, man, tank. Like, uh, and they just they they didn't really do it. They never they never try to like make trades to like help them get assets. You know, uh, use their cap space for things like that. I mean, I was just like, God, this is the most miserable, like poorly owned franchise. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of that is still true, <laughs> but nevertheless, Darren Fox looks like he's playing pretty well. Um, like I said, props to Bagley. He looks like he's playing, uh, he, I mean, he has been playing pretty decent. Uh, yeah, Bieliza, um, healed, uh, looks like he's maybe starting to come into his own. Um, obviously with the, with the options absence, rather, of uh, Bogdan, Bogdanovich, um, mm-hmm. you know, they needed him to step up. Um, I'd really like to see him stay in the starting lineup, um, y- you know, if at all possible. Um, I-, I I know they like to use him as, as you know, kind of the sixth man. Um, I don't know. I-, I just, I feel like you, sh- you didn't trade DeMarcus Cousins, um, you know, with Brad, uh, with um, say what now? I said for a six man. Right, exactly. You know, like, and of course there were other pieces in that trade, but like the point being is like, you know that that was the big, but it was the big piece that you got back in return. Um, you know, before before your draft, uh, before the draft came, and then even still, I, I believe that draft pick, you know, you ended up trading. Um, and, and, you know, getting kind of two lesser players out of the pick. So, like, really, when you break it down, like, Keeled was the big piece in that trade. And so, I, I mean, I really want to see them play more. And Cauley Stein has been playing really fucking well uh, thus oh, yeah. far this year. Um, like, really kind of taking that, that kind of step in the right direction, um, you know, just as far as, you know, the potential that he's had and, you know, obviously I think he was a number seven overall pick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's just looked really good. Uh, so, I mean, they've got a lot of these young pieces that look like they're finally trying to play um, some good basketball. I'm glad that, like, they're not playing Zach Randolph. Um, not that I have anything against Zach Randolph. I love Zach Randolph, and he is – um, you know, he's a 
fucking legend. Like, I mean, he's, he's like, his, like, when he was playing in Memphis, dude, like, he was fucking amazing. Uh, but he's just not that player anymore. They need to embrace the youth mm-hmm. movement. Um, uh, like, that, they look like they're finally trying to do that. Um, and when, when Bogdanovich gets back, I'm going to be interested to see how they incorporate him. I would definitely keep healed playing. Schumper is playing reasonably well. Um, so, I mean, you have him for the year. You can use him in any sort of um, fill-in minutes that you need to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I say you keep Bogdanovich, uh, like, playing the three um, and then, you know, have him kind of fight it out with Bielitsa. Um and you know, I like kind of open it up, but yeah, I mean they've they've looked good so far this season. They've had a couple um, kind of cupcake wins, if you will, um, but nevertheless, a win's a win. And for them to have a winning record and be knocking on going uh, knocking on the door of going five and three with the talks tomorrow, um, they could be six and three uh, when they. Uh, I guess go back home on Sunday, uh, or maybe go on the road. I think they go on the road Sunday to play the Bucks, um, so that'll probably be a loss. <laughs> but um, hey, man, who would have thought that the Kings would even have even the slightest potential to start the season off six and fucking three? Props to the Kings. Uh, that's um, that's pretty fucking miraculous, if you ask me. Uh, but anyway, uh, Joel, what, what were your thoughts? Uh, just on the Kings in general, they're, they're, they're kind of a good start to the season. Um, and if you want to throw out any um, anything about, you know, what you think maybe their ceiling is, um, you know, feel free to do that as well. Uh, I'm also I'm absolutely shocked. <laughs> like, I did not see this coming. Um, they had a really bad preseason. I thought they'd just – obviously, you expect them to be bad because they're a really young team. But they're playing hard, and they, their guys are playing uh, to the ability we expect them earlier than we expected. Like, we know De'Aaron right. Fox is going to be good. We know when he'd be that good. Buddy Hill's a good player. Can he still be – like, can he consistently be a good player? Um, right. Bejelica, who I was bitching about being in the starting lineup, has played really well in the starting lineup as the starting yeah. guard forward. Um, uh, Wally Colesign – playing really well. Uh, and then, of course, small forwards as a, a rotation because no one could seem to stay healthy. Uh, and until so at least Bogdan comes back. And if Bogdan comes back, I think you're right. I think you should start at small forward, and that's another guy who's really good. I mean, when he's healthy, Bogdan's a really good scorer. He's going to fit in there uh, and can probably play some small forward for you. So I don't see why you wouldn't put him in there because he's one of your best players, period. Um, and then, of course, you have Marvin Bagley, who I like, I like coming out of the, uh, coming out of college, and he's played well. Um, they just put Cooper's back into the rotation, so I guess Harry Giles has to take, you know, you know, take a take a seat, kid, for the for the vet to come in. I'm not saying it's going to stay that way, so I would I would not be surprised if uh, they start playing Harry Giles more towards the end of the season. That really depends where they're at. If they try to make a push for a playoff spot, that's completely different. But they're really young. I wouldn't be surprised if this team starts like a roller coaster ride just starts to dip and just starts to crash a little bit and you're like and they don't know how to stop because they're just so young and they're just playing so hot right. right now. But it's just I could definitely see that happening. I'm not saying it will happen, but because they're so young, you never know. They can they're gonna probably have a lot of peaks and valleys. Um but I, I'm excited. I'm like, holy shit, they're playing pretty damn good. 
And I, I can't wait to play the Kings now. As a Knicks fan, the Knicks also play really hard. They just had, unfortunately, had to play a lot of decent teams in the first part of their schedule. But they play hard. They play fast. It would be really interesting to see them two, those two teams go at it and see how who would come up on top. Yeah, like I kind of feel the same way like about the Hawks. Like, I mean, they kind of get out there. They're scrappy. Um, they're really young. They don't they don't know kind of what they're doing yet. But, you know, Trey's um, kind right. of starting to get the feel of everything. And um, <laughs> Kevin Herter's finally getting some minutes. Um, yep. Omari Spellman um, has been getting some bigger minutes. Um, and that yeah, dude's yeah. just fun to watch, man. He's, he's yeah. It's like... It's like watching, you know, like a slightly bigger, less less skilled Charles Barkley out there, just rolling, like running around, with his fucking gut flying everywhere. Like, dude, dude, that dude is fucking. That dude is fun to watch, and he just and he just drains threes all game. It's fucking great. Yeah, he can <laughs> shoot. He can shoot, man. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like I mean, there's a, there's a lot of fun young people. No out there. Collins. Wait till he's healthy. Yeah, no Collins yet. So I mean, he's gotten some minutes there. Um, I tell you what, I'll be really excited when he gets back and we can see kind of their small ball lineup of all the young guys. You know, mm-hmm. um, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to watch with Collins. You know, playing the five and Spellman at the four. Um, but right. uh, but yeah, um, but but. You know, a lot of these good young teams out there, but but ultimately, at least at the beginning of the season, we haven't seen a team that um, that is you know that green that has been successful, um, except for uh, Sacramento. Uh, and Luke, what are your thoughts uh, on Sacramento's kind of early start to the season, and um, you know where where do you kind of see this season panning out for them? Um, do you think that, uh, you know, they might have a chance to, say, be, um, we'll say, like, uh, a top 20 team? Okay, first off, I'll definitely get to where Sacramento. I'm just going to point out a couple of key things that I heard. First off, where are these cupcake wins that Sacramento got? Because guess what? Sacramento is the cupcake team. So there's no <laughs> cupcake team that right? Sacramento is playing. They're just a, very true. A team that very true. Them. So that is a key, very, very key thing. And then another one is their ceiling is the fifth. They're going to be the fifth best team. That's it. They're, in the end, Sacramento is going to become Sacramento, and they're going to become the fifth team. They're anywhere between two and five. I don't see them no worse than two, but no higher than five. So that, that's where I have them at. So that's where they're going to finish in the end of the season. But no, I mean, Willie Cauley-Stein's been playing really well. I mean, he's, he's been doing, time. he's kind of showing that, you know, he's taking that, you know, the the next step to his, almost like a DeAndre Jordan-esque kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's got a He's got to mimic his game after him because that's what he's kind of got. So he's trying to, you know, watching him and all that. And then Bill Lisa, it's kind of funny to think that he might come down to be a low key, like key steal from the Sixers, mm-hmm. and it could be a big thing I know. to hurt the Sixers to say because oh. he has been playing well since he's been inserted in the starting lineup when they finally decided Giles needs to come off the bench right now. He's too young and he just doesn't understand it. And I mean, not Giles uh, Bagley and Giles losses rotation, but Bagley needs to come off the bench. And Bielitsa has actually not been doing that bad. I kind of looked at his last three games, and he scored 19 points and above. So I take that from mm-hmm. a guy. So 
they're playing right now, you know, they're playing really well, still really early, you know, they're catching teams for the first time and surprising them, but like I said, it's Sacramento. They're still really young, and in the end, they're not going to be anywhere near a top 20 team, nor a top 10 team. I mean, like, they're, they're, they're the bottom five. They're the bottom five, and it's going to pan out later on. In the top in the world. For another, for another team. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have trouble seeing them as a top 20 team, but, um, you know, I mean, there's there's been plenty of examples in the past where, you know, I couldn't see a team being a top 20 team, and they ended up being a top 20 team. So, um, so I mean, maybe Sacramento, you know, I mean, the thing is, there's a couple things. One, they have nothing to lose. I mean, they have absolutely no incentive to tank. They don't have their pick. Um, that's more than likely going to go to Boston, uh, maybe Philly, if it ends up number one overall. Um, but, like, yeah, no no reason to tank. Um, a lot of young guys, like, fucking devil-may-care attitude. Um, and, you know, I feel like, at the very least, they made, I would say, smarter transactions this season. Um like this off season as opposed to the previous off season. Um, you know, essentially they were like, let's get some players that are going to be able to, that aren't going to really cost us that much, but are going to be able to help fill in some gaps that we feel we don't have. We don't really have like good shooters per se. Let's go out and get a Bielitsa so we can pair him with Buddy Heald. So we got a couple good shooters. Um, and that you know that's a big acquisition. You throw Bogdan Bogdanovich back in the mix, then you got three good shooters. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't like their Bagley pick um, as far as the number two overall pick, and I still don't like it um, because uh, you signed Bielitsa, you got Harry Giles, you got Scalabizier, um, and you could have Luka Doncic um, on this team. No place in Scal. I'm telling you. They don't. <laughs> you you said you have no faith in Scal, or they have no faith in Scal. I don't think they have faith in Scal. No, yeah, I don't. I don't think they do either. Um, but then again, it's hard to tell because you know they have five power forwards. So you know, I mean, at least one of them's got to like not get any minutes. Um, so, uh, but anyway, um, that, that you know. That's more, you know, front office stuff. As far as uh, I like their coach, um, and I, I like the feistiness at least to start the season. So, uh, so we'll see how it how it uh, pans, you know, pans out for them in the long run. Uh, guys, we got just a couple minutes left uh, before we wrap it up. Um, anything uh, kind of happening around the league that we didn't, you know, bring up tonight um, that you uh, kind of want to highlight before we uh, call it a night? Start with you, Luke. No, I mean, pretty much think we've covered it. Still early in the season, but it's, just, it's it's always crazy to see a coach get fired, but it's not when um, he's just been in my top two terrible coaches. So I'm, I'm really <laughs> pulling for the – I'm really pulling for the other one to fire himself, but uh, it won't happen anytime soon. <laughs> for those of you, for those of you who don't know, uh, Luke, uh, I'm I'm guessing your other your other coach is uh, Tom Thibodeau, but um, 
Uh, if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me on that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's positive enough, 100%. <laughs> fire, fire yourself from whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the day. Um, uh, Joelle, before we wrap it up, anything you want to add? Not much. Uh, I didn't get to say much about uh, the Clippers. I know you guys were talking about the Clippers when I, I just got in. Um, I've just been, I just want to say, I've just been impressed with them. Uh, they caught me off guard. I didn't think they would be this good. They're just deeper than I expected. They're playing hard, and like, they're just, they're, they're, they're decent. And like, their starting five isn't all that great. But they're 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 so deep that their their backups are playing well enough to take over and and do something. And I've just really been impressed with with what I've seen that they to the point where they even play uh, eleven twelve guys sometimes, and it's just and it works yeah. for them. And I just think they might be a sleeper team that I wasn't I wasn't expecting honestly. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and you would think quick? you would think. Well, I was gonna say you would think Luke would would uh, have taken his his time to have uh, spoken about that, seeing as he said they were going to be better uh, than the Lakers, but he didn't. So, uh, no, I'm just playing. What, what, what you got to add, Luke? <laughs> oh, I'm totally going to be like, dang, Joel, since you did bring it up, I mean, I'm just like I said, I've, my mind's been in another sport right now, and I've kind of been out of it, but no, 100% now that you brought it up. All the way with the Clippers, you guys know my, my whole hashtag, I'm going 100% in. They are going to be the better L.A. team again this year. They are a deeper team with players that actually can play different things and do different things. They're not all the same player and no shooters. They, Like you said, they have a good 12-man deep rotation. And I think if they stick with this team, they, you know, they have the writings on the wall to kind of – they don't have a superstar like Toronto, but you know how like Toronto started, like their bench got really deep and young and all that interchangeable. Clippers? Mm-hmm. Clippers, I'm telling you. Oh, man, Joel, you're a great man, you know. We haven't been seeing eye to eye, you know, lately. But man, thank you for bringing that up. We didn't even talk about it earlier in this show either. That's amazing that you said this because yes, Clippers are great. They're low key, just very deep, and I, I have a lot of faith in them over the other LA team. Just because you have LeBron doesn't mean that you're a, you're a better team than a team that has a lot of deep and and Gallinari, man, he's. He's healthy. Good. I don't know if he can stay healthy. I know he's kind of looking pretty good. Him and Tobias Harris. I like this like kind of one-two weird punch that they have. But yeah, Clippers, man. Thanks yeah. for bringing this up. Can't believe I forgot about that. No doubt. Yeah, no it's, doubt. It's, it's funny because I think the only thing that I can think of, wait, like I had mentioned that the Thunder were playing the Clippers tonight. So, uh, Joel, you must have heard like that at like when you first queued in or something. Um, yeah, or maybe, or maybe I mentioned. I thought I heard. At another I time thought too. I thought you guys saw Clippers. I, I didn't know. I thought. So I'm like, oh, they must have talked about it already. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I just didn't yeah. bring it up again. But yeah, <laughs> uh, that's funny for sure. Um, by the way, just in a little bit of news, uh, the Kings are going to beat the Magic tonight, so they are going to move on to five and three. Um, the Cavs get going to get their first win tonight against the Hawks. So good for good for the Cavs, uh, you know. Um, good for the Hawks, really, too. <laughs> um, uh, on, on the DL, you know. Uh, don't don't say yeah. that to Mister Silver. I get it. Um, <laughs> uh, looks like the Raptors uh, are kicking the shit out of the Sixers. Uh, that is good, the bro. 
Yeah, they are. <laughs> They're really fucking good. Yeah, them and the Bucks, man. Like it's it's the, the East is at least the top of the East. You know, like the top yeah, top heavy. Like the top. Yeah, the top four or five teams in the East. I'd say top five teams in the East are, are all really good. Um, so yeah, it'll uh, it'll be fun to see it, like how those teams kind of jump about uh, throughout the season. Um, and the Wiz and the Grizz are um, locked in there at halftime with only one point separating them. So um, a lot of good games to watch, gentlemen. So uh, let's go watch them. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, be sure to uh, tune in this Sunday for another episode of Geek Vibes Live. Dane will be on tomorrow night, as always, with Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, but we will see you guys next week. And until then, peace. Peace. Go next.